Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Welcome back to Parenting Today. Here with Kurt Cooper, minister to students and families at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And if you were with us on Tuesday, you know that we talked about vaping, and really it was Kurt mainly talking because, as I said uh, from the beginning, I'm I've really uh, fairly clueless about vaping or, or juuling, and um, I, I thought it was helpful on Tuesday just to learn a little bit more about that and um, to be aware of what a big trend this is and how this is very popular with teens. And so if you missed it on Tuesday, uh, some of what Kurt said is that, you know, students are even doing this in class. Um, not only, mm-hmm. you know, at times getting up from class, going to the, the bathroom and uh, vaping, but also doing it in the class. Um, so I would encourage you to go back and hear some of that again as we always want to say we're not trying to create fear and worry in parents, but it is important to be aware of these issues and to wake up to them and not to just turn a blind eye uh, to some of what's going on in the culture. So um, with that said, today we're going to get into some of the uh, ways in which we can you know, redeem this issue. And obviously, as we said, um, not necessarily encouraging our, our, our teens to vape in a more God-honoring way, um, but uh, just thinking about some of the the issues that are going on below the surface and, and some uh, some ways in which we can just come alongside our teens and help them, disciple them, talk with them. Uh, so, Kurt, why don't you uh, get us started off today? Sure. Well, all right. Let's take it chronologically, I guess. I think um, the first thing that we want to say is if you have younger children um, and you're not in the midst of you know your child abusing tobacco or alcohol, or some other or prescription drugs or whatever, um, our advice or our counsel is going to look a little bit different from uh, from someone who's in the throes of this. So let, I guess we can start with the easiest thing first, which is this. I think a good thing for parents to do um, is to set a set the tone that nothing is off limits for your child to talk with you about, that your child can ask you about anything and being, and the way you do that is you don't go up to your child and be like, Hey, you can ask me about anything that, that that's not work. But when your child does ask you about things, um, you know, being able to talk with them in a way in which they realize that it's okay for them to be curious and to ask about things. You know, if my child says a bad word, um, you know, may, you know, I have a seven year old. All right. So he knows how to, speak pretty well, but he doesn't know all the bad words yet, you know, so he might accidentally say a bad word. Now, a bad way for me to respond to that would be like, oh, don't say that. Um, You know, that says to him, oh, I have to be really careful about what I say in front of daddy, right? Instead, um, I think it's better for me to say, hey, can I talk to you about some words that we don't need to say? I heard you say this word, and I'm not 100% sure you know what it means, but, you know, sometimes or all the time, it can be a word that we don't need to say. Um, and there are sometimes some words that we don't need to say because they're harmful or they're, you know, um, they're words that can hurt people's feelings or people can, people can think about you in a way that you don't want them to think about you if you, if you use these words. So we want to set the attitude that we want to, we want to set the environment and have an attitude with our, our children can come to us and ask us things and they don't, they're not going to be worried about being judged. Um, about asking those things if our, you know, so 
and easier said than done again, but you know, the policy that like you can talk to me about anything. I mean, that's done by the way in which we respond when we're asked or when we discover our children, um, you know, have, you know, have been exposed to the world, um, in some way. So, um, the, if you, you just found out that you, if you just found out that your child is dueling, that's going to look a little bit different. Um, you know, if they're 16 or 17 and you find what you think is like a USB drive in their pocket or in their car or somewhere, and then you realize that what you've got is an e-cigarette and that you don't know how long it's been going on, that's going to look a little bit different. Um, that conversation is going to look a little, little bit different. But I think the same principles apply because what we want, I think what most parents are going to say is, I want my student to stop doing this, all right? And the easiest and the reaction for me, you know, is going to be like, okay, you're in trouble. I'm taking this, this, and this away, and you have to stop doing this. And um, and that there, there might be an element of that that needs to happen, all right? Um, certainly, um, uh, you know, punish your children um, when they when they do wrong. I think that that's a good uh, thing to do. Uh, but I think the more important thing is we want them to want to stop. Right. I mean, we want Mm -hmm. our students to not want to do this. Um, We want them to make the decision, because ultimately, if you make the decision for them, you might get them to stop for a year or two years or three years. But what's going to happen when they're not under your purview? You're trying to make an adult, a successful adult, not a successful teenager. Um, And uh, and so uh, instead, what we want to do is we want we want to we want to talk with them about it and we want to try to talk about them. We don't want to lecture um, uh, the surest way, if you look, you're, you're listening to someone who lectures for a living. I mean, (laughs) like I stand up in front of a big group and I talk and they don't talk. All right. Um, but that is not how, um, so I definitely default to that frequently, but that is not how you're going to get your student to see, um, you know, that they're making a mistake, whether this is Juline or marijuana or whatever it is. Like what we want to do is we want to talk with them about what are the, you know, why are you doing this? Like, and then, and even asking it like that is kind of accusatory, but like, what are you getting out of this? You know, mm-hmm. and it may be, you might get the response that you would understand or whatever, or you're a hypocrite because you smoked when you were a little, when you were a kid or, you know, whatever it was. Or you may get like, I just like the way it feels or it takes the edge off. And mm-hmm. we don't want to negate or diminish those things because that's a real thing. And it might yeah. be scratching a real itch for them. Um, so we don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, like, and just dismiss that offhand as if that's nothing. All right. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah I, so I think, yeah, her, ahead, I mean, kind of the, the broad, maybe under the umbrella of just, you know, theology of sin. You know, better understanding of our own heart as parents and our students' hearts. Um, mm-hmm. to, like you said, to not be shocked over this, because I think some of the shock and, you know, speaking as a parent and knowing the idols of my own heart is we we, we, we think, oh, how is this going to reflect on me as a parent? Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're thinking, OK, wow, I'm not going to get the you know parent of the year award because now I'm exposed. Um, and, you know, some mm-hmm. of that, yes, without a doubt. 
um, is a reflection. I really of thought you had a, I really thought you had a chance for that parent of the year award. <laughs> I was close. It was close. But, you know, to, to know that, yes, without a doubt, uh, some of that is going to be a reflection on our parenting. But we also know that, you know, our children are responsible for their for their actions, uh, you know, as well. And so there, there's there's both and there for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but we've got, we, we've, we need to be you know, reflecting on what Scripture says about our own hearts, on our children's hearts, and not be shocked and not be scared about, you know, what they bring up to us and, you know, try to, to talk to them in an understanding way. And um, because, like you said, you know, so much of what uh, these students are, um, you know, dealing with. I know, uh, you know, one of the, the heart issues I think we've got to be thinking about as we're talking about vaping and juuling is the fact that, you know, our teens today are growing up in a, crazy busy culture um, that they are stressed to the max um, they are doing so much you know so many of them you know have mm-hmm. extracurricular activities that are actually taking place before school begins and then they get to school all day all day long and then they have extracurriculars after school and then they come home and they they study for a little bit and then they you know go work a little bit and then they come home and they finish studying um, and then they crash uh, in bed and start all over the next day. And so they are stressed to the max. And then, you know, as we talked about social media last week, we know that much of their social media is cutting into their sleep. And so they sleep with their cell phones and it uh, keeps them up as they're trying to fall asleep. And then as they wake up in the night, they pick up social media and they, they look at their phone. And, um, and then it's the first thing they see when they wake up in the morning. And so all of that to say our, our students are very sleep deprived. They are not, I mean, studies are showing they are not getting enough sleep. Um, and then, you know, they're dealing mm-hmm. with all of the pressures of just being a teenager. You know, those mm-hmm. uh, spiritual issues they're wrestling with, the emotional issues of body image and fitting in at school and being bullied and the physical issues of them growing and going through all of these changes. And so you, you've you got all of that going on in the heart of a teen. They're stressed to the max. And we know that, you know, nicotine can take the edge off, as you said. Um, and so some of the students are just trying to deal with stress and anxiety uh, by, you know, um, vaping. And, you know, this jewel, as you said, equal to 20 cigarettes. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to take the edge off. That's going to calm them down. Um, and, and, of mm-hmm. course, you know, that's not an appropriate way uh, to, to be dealing with this. But, um, you know, maybe as, as youth workers and parents, not condoning their behavior of vaping, but, but trying to understand, you know, they've got a lot on them. They're dealing with a whole lot with stresses and pressures that we never had to deal with at their age. Um, and so this is how they're trying to deal with it and us coming alongside them, trying to, to help them, uh, in the midst of it. Yeah. I think that, um, one of the things that's going to happen if you are a student or someone, you know, that gets caught up in this, is one of the things that they're going to say is, and I think this is a legitimate question for them to ask, is they'll be like, well, it's safer than cigarettes. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Like, and well, guess what? That's true. All right. You know, um, but also there's a little logical fallacy there. That I don't think that they've really, either they've ignored it or they've, or they haven't considered it, which is like, you know, it's safer. Um, it's safer to point an unloaded gun at myself than a loaded gun, but that doesn't mean I should go around pointing an unloaded gun at myself either. Right. Or at anyone else. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. just because something is safer, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, uh, <laughs> I'm shorter than the tallest man in the world, but that doesn't mean that I'm short. Uh, so, 
uh, you know, e-cigarettes are safer than cigarettes. That's certainly true. Um, you know, vaping and juuling are, are, are safer, um, but they still have some real risk associated with them. And the chemistry, I think that students, you know, now students are not known when you're young, you're not known for really taking the long view and thinking about your brain, but, um, and how you're going to develop. And, you know, you feel like 25 is, you know, a hundred years away when it's really just right around the corner. But, you know, a, a, a human brain doesn't really finish developing until about 25. And even though, you know, I think it's important for, for us to just say to our students to be like, you know, it's true. Those are it is safer. It is safer than, than cigarettes. But because of how old you are, it, it's it's not safe for you. Um, you're you're more prone to addiction than um, than someone who is older. You're. Your brain is still developing and you're and you're in a position where these things are actually more dangerous for you than they are for an adult, um, for someone who's fully developed. And that's just speaking on a chemistry level Um, that has nothing to do with uh, our heart and how we want to be guarding our heart against idols and against addictions and against things that we feel like we have to have um, the uh, that we don't really have to have. So just even taking it outside of the heart area for a second, you know, I think that you want to present students like we care about you physically and we want you to be safe. And um, and so this is why we're very concerned about this and why we don't really want you to be involved in it. Um, so I think you can you can you can talk about this or about really anything like this, whether, you know, on a lot of different levels um, and whatever excuses that your student might have, you know, whether it's, you know, you, you, I can drink because you drank in high school. You know, I think one thing that you want to say right there is, you know, I did drink in high school and I regret it. Um, if you, you know, I don't think you want to lie. Um, so if you didn't regret it, you're probably not really, you're probably not having this conversation anyway, but you know, <laughs> or I, you know, you, you smoked or you did this or that, um, you know, uh, I think it's, it's, this is where it's important to, um, keep short accounts with your family and just, and to leave with your weakness and be like, okay, yeah, I, I did. And I regret it, which is why I'm all, I'm even more concerned about the fact that you could be falling into the same trap that I fell into. Yeah. Um, and, so, and, yeah. And, and I think, it, you know, a lot of what we're, we're saying here again is just talking about having conversation with your children. Um, and, you know, as you kind of gave the example of starting out when you're early and kind of, you know, giving the um, uh, the message to your children that they can always come to you with anything and, you know, that we're not going to, to freak out when we hear whatever it is and uh, just welcoming that ongoing conversation. I mean, obviously that's implying we've got to be taking the time out um, from these busy schedules to, to be sitting mm-hmm. down and having these conversations with our, our students. And so, Kurt, maybe what's some advice, uh, you know, you would give to those parents who are listening and they're thinking, okay, Kurt, I've got a 16, 17, 18-year-old. We haven't really um, modeled this in our house um, of, you know, being able to sit down and have conversations and life's been busy and we just haven't been able to sit down in a while. Um, but, but how do you, what advice would you encourage? You know, say again, I what mean, about this? What, I mean, like, I just thought this as you were saying this, but what about this in that scenario? What about just confessing to your, confessing to your child that you haven't done a great job at that mm-hmm. and being yeah. like, Hey, I, I wanted to be someone that you could talk to, but I, I didn't do a very good job of letting you know that 
that I'm someone that you can hear that is right. I am here for you. I want to be here for you, but I haven't done a very good job of communicating that. And, you know, I, I was overwhelmed by being a parent and, um, I just wanted everything to go right for you, which I realize is unrealistic. And so anytime anything went wrong, I would freak out about it or I didn't, um, or try to just try to fix the problem or try to make it right instead of really worrying about what, what this problem was, was showing us. Um, you know, what about just being honest with your student being like, look, you didn't come with a manual. I didn't, I wasn't sure, you know, what to do. And I, I make mistakes and, um, and I, I know that I've paid for my mistakes and that you have to pay for some of my mistakes too. But I really want to talk with you about these things because you might be smarter than me or cooler than me, but I've just lived more life than you have. And I'm on your side. Um, mm-hmm. And what about just saying that to your child? Um, because I think if you have made mistakes and you haven't really opened up those lines of communication, then um, it's going to take some time before they believe you're going to have to, you're going to have to earn the right to be heard, I guess. Um, yeah, and, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I think that's an, an awesome message that I've, I've said. We, we just, we, we have to be as parents asking for forgiveness. I think a lot more than we typically do. Um, that, you know, if, if we're talking about the gospel to our children, but they're never hearing us, um, admit we're broken and we're wrong and we need Jesus. Um, then, then I think they're, they're, they're not going to hear and receive that as uh, readily as we might want them to. And so for, for parents to come to their children and say, look, you know, I, I need to repent of this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner just like you are, and I'm not a perfect parent, and there are ways in which I have failed. And, you know, one of these areas, you know, taking this example is, you know, just not really having consistent conversation with you and having those opportunities for discipleship. Um and so I think starting there is, is definitely a good place um, to begin, uh, for sure. Um, and, and I'd say, you know, from that, I mean, even saying, uh, you know, just seeking your student out and saying, okay, look, we've heard about this being more of a trend. Um, you know, we, we know this is taking place with a lot of teenagers, and this is something that's very popular. And, you know, maybe even starting out with that with your, with your child and, mm. and saying that and say, look, I don't want you to even confess anything right now because I know this conversation is catching you off guard. Um, but mm-hmm. I want you to know um, we love you and we, we want to talk to you. If this is something you've done before, if this is something you've been tempted with at school, I just want to initiate this conversation and say, I want you to, to come and talk to us and we're here for you and we love you. Um, and, you, you know, something like that, maybe even initiating it that way. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I think that was well said. Um, I think uh, I think that as parents, we have to be aware of the fact that we ha- I think it's good for us to kind of, if we can, put ourselves in their shoes and say, um, you know, these kids are, you know, your student, you, you find out that your, your student is dueling, right? And you're disappointed and you're like, you might say to yourself, I thought he or she was above this or, you know, that we had done a better job or whatever. But you have to remember that, like, these kids are not finished products. And, you know, if you went back and took the elders of our church and, you know, when they were 15 or 16, who knows what they were up to and who knows what was going on. And I think there is a way to take 
the issues that your student present present seriously and at the same time have them in a proper context where this is not the end of their life because they've made this decision, whatever it is. Um, we want to have that. We got the long game as parents. We have the long game in, um, in view all the time. We're not trying to make them perfect today um, because we never could, even if we wanted to. Um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to prepare them to walk with Christ as adults. Um, and so everything, you know, everything we're doing is we're trying to set them up to be successful when we're not around to show them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always just always got to keep that in mind. Um, so that when they, and one of the ways in which we do that is when they mess up or when we mess up, showing them what to do when you mess up. Mm-hmm. That's a good word um, for sure, Kurt. Yeah. So look, as we're uh, starting to draw this to a close and, you know, share the uh, cultural uh, trend or artifact that we um, uh, found for this week, uh, is there any other closing words you want to give as we close this portion out, Kurt? No, I'm good, John. I've talked a little too much, so I'm going to let you talk some. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you, you were the one who knew a little bit more about this than myself, so I, I appreciate that and think that's some some good advice, some helpful advice. Um, yeah, so as far as a cultural <clears throat> issue, and uh, you know, something I've, I've plugged before is uh, a podcast called The Briefing by Al Mohler. I know that's something that many people listen to, and um, this was on his uh uh, September 20th episode of The Briefing. It came from an article, uh, and this is the title. It says, it's a baby. So instead of a baby, a baby. Um, it says, mm-hmm. it's a it's a baby. And then it says the subtitle, is it possible to raise your child entirely without gender from birth? Some parents are trying to. And so the article is ultimately mm-hmm. <clears throat> just again under this umbrella of the transgender movement and um, you know trying to leave the, the gender of a child up to the decision to the child instead of the mm-hmm. the, the parents you know um, just <laughs> calling the child a girl or a boy they call the child a they and uh, waiting to hear from the child what the child wants to be um, and so even mm-hmm. you know so much in there about just the uh, the language of um, sex assigned at birth, you know, even kind of that phrase, sex assigned at birth, it's kind of, again, uh. this is something that was assigned to the child, um, even mm. though we're, and we're not going to look at just scientific fact at, of, you know, a male or female. Um, and so this article, It's a Baby, uh, comes from The Cut. Uh, that's the name of the, um, uh, the website, The Cut. And uh, again, just... Um, I had never heard the term baby and it's something uh, new and uh, something that Al Mohler highlighted. Uh, you can uh, you know, listen to that entire episode, uh, the September 20th episode, or if you go to his website, albertmohler.com, and under the briefing, you can actually look at just that segment if you want to listen to it, um, talking about redefining they. Um, according to the revolutionaries, even the English language must bow the knee to the new sexual norms, is what Al Mohler talks about. And, um, you know, we, we just as Christians, we've got to continue to educate ourselves in this area to know what to, um, what to say in light of this, uh, to know what to, what to think biblically. And um, something that, you know, at the recording of this podcast, something that RYM is working on um, is uh, Joe Carter from the Gospel Coalition uh, had a glossary of terms uh, for the transgender movement, mm-hmm. and it's just basically a um, 
uh, you know, 20, 30 terms uh, of the transgender movement to try to understand uh, this a lot more. And so he had an article that deals with that. And so um, we've spoken to Joe Carter and RYM is trying to produce um, a, a booklet uh, that has these terms kind of just in, in a little booklet that we hope parents and students and, you know, youth workers can download and use as a reference to, to educate ourselves a little bit better on this, also know how to talk about this. Um, and so, again, at the recording of this podcast, we're, we're working on that. And uh, who knows, by the time this podcast is released, it might be available and it would be under our ministry tools. If you went to rym.org slash resources, you'd see a sub-tab called ministry tools, and it should be under there. Uh, so that's just something we're hoping to put together to, to help out, um, again, with uh, our understanding of uh, this issue. Uh, so, Kurt, anything you want to say as we close that out? No, I think that that probably deserves its own podcast um, that we can talk about later on. But um, thank you for that. And um, I guess we'll see everybody next week. Sounds good. See you, Kurt.